the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Misha Dimitruk here. And MLS 694427, branch manager and senior loan originator with Essex Mortgage, based out of the sunny Santa Cruz, or should I say today, soggy and slippery, as much of our part of the state is uh, pretty much top to bottom. There are people experiencing issues here. So I hope everyone is traveling about safely and that everyone's homes are intact and uh, we all continue to remain safe and well protected here. Now, this show is for you, our listeners, in order to help you keep tabs on what's changing in real estate financing, come up with new strategy, maybe find a strategy, set a goal. Those are the things that this show is foundationally based on. I have been privileged to be part of this industry since 1996 and have seen many, many shifts and changes. Uh, Obviously, each and every one of them has had its own unique aspects to it, and the present one does not skip that same idea. There are definitely pieces to what's going on in the current real estate market that are different than have ever taken place before. And so this show is very important to me, as a primarily as an educator, uh, and as someone who wants to help people dispel myths about what may or may not happen or what is and is not uh, coming or common in the marketplace when we talk about real estate and real estate financing. People tend to gravitate towards real estate because of the obvious aspects of benefit, that it's a tangible asset. It's something that you buy, you can put your hand on it. You can readily in the Bay Area, of course, sell and buy properties. It's more challenging to buy uh, than it is to sell because there are more people actually looking to buy uh, generally, than there are sell uh, selling opportunities. Now, for years, it has been much more of, and the past few years, notwithstanding, a primarily seller's market, a very heavily seller's market. And that's been a very common theme in the Bay Area for many, many years. And most of the time when real estate is doing well, it is a seller's market because there are generally people out buying that outnumber the opportunities to purchase. We're seeing a little bit of a a leveling. I wouldn't say that it's a buyer's market at this point, but we definitely have more opportunity for buyers, which given the last few years is a significant change and something that buyers are getting more and more excited about. Now, the rate environment has obviously increased unless you are not listening and looking about while you travel in the world, uh, you are aware that interest rates on residential lending and across the board 
are higher than they were this time last year. We did see a much higher spike towards the end of last year. Uh, I, I realized that seems like it was just a moment ago, and it, it was. We're still at the very beginnings of 2023, but the current rate environment has us back to in similar line with where we were at the end of the summer in September of 2022. And so those you know, much higher interest rates that we were seeing have cooled some and buyers are now more excited about the opportunities that are out there in the market and the opportunities being more houses available and more price reductions or more list prices that are more favorable to buyers terms. This is a fantastic opportunity still for buyers to buy. And historically, the Bay Area has received 11% year-over-year appreciation on their properties, when the national average has sat at four. The last few years, obviously, we've seen much higher double-digit appreciation. And during those unprecedented times, uh, there was tremendous growth and tremendous reward. Now, there are people out there that are saying they wish they hadn't purchased during that time, even though rates were lower because property taxes are based on sales price. Most of those people just wish that they had gotten a better deal, given that now they see the prices going down. It's very easy to Monday morning quarterback this type of market. Because, of course, if anyone had known prices were coming down and rates were going up, they would have had to weigh that with lower rate, higher purchase point, higher purchase point, excuse me. And they would have had to come to a determination of what was most important to them at the time. For some people who are shopping in very, very specific neighborhoods, it is really a matter of finding the right property. And they recognize that their financing will morph over time and that they can adjust it. For some people, it was really a matter of finding something that fit into their budget and they had a, a larger geographic area to choose from. Those are the people that right now are finding it a little bit more challenging. They thought they might have gotten a better deal um, if they had waited, but of course, they're looking at their current interest rate, not taking into consideration what the, the payment would be if they were calculating buying now. My point in bringing this all to, to the table here is that there's a leveling to take into consideration. And while the opportunity to have those rock bottom low rates is not present at the moment, those were historically un unattainable. And um, we are definitely much more in a normal range of rate environment at this point, and prices are coming down some marginally. So there's been a lot of conversation in the marketplace about a crash. And will this be like 08, 09? And you know, will people abandon their properties? And the specific criteria that took us to that 0809 conundrum are not what we are seeing. The characteristics don't align. We don't see widespread mortgage default. We aren't seeing, you know, given in part to low interest rates, but also over the last few years, a lot of incomes were not impacted as adversely as previous recession-like periods because of all the stimulus money that came into play. So people are in a better position economically, even if at the moment it feels very, very challenging. And uh, with the rising costs of goods and supply chain issues that, you know, it's all everyone's best guess when that will actually be resolved. It's feeling more stressful. And I think people are looking at, and the conversations that I'm having with clients is that they are talking more about 
what's impacting them. And the biggest expense that most of us carry is our housing expense. So obviously we want to always keep that in the forefront of our mind. For those who thought that buying a home would be a purchase and be done with thinking about it, it's an awakening. It's something that they always want to be aware of and always be looking at for the best strategy for their current set of situation and characteristics of their life and what they plan to do going forward. There are a lot of callers who reach out to me and and talk to me about how do I tap into this equity that I have achieved through years of paying on the property or even just these last few years without disrupting my current existing mortgage because that rate is fantastic and I, I don't want to lose it. And I direct them to home equity lines of credit or home equity loans. Home equity line is typically an adjustable rate line of credit that is like a credit card where you have a set limit that you can spend and you can charge on the card and pay it back and charge on the card and pay it back. And you can do the same thing with a home equity line of credit. You can charge the home equity line of credit and pay it down and charge on the home equity line of credit and pay it back down again. Generally, they are 30-year loans. The first 10 years requires only interest-only payments. And during that period, which is called the draw period, you can utilize the funds, whatever's available on the account as you see fit and pay back whatever you see fit as long as you're making that minimum required, typically interest-only payment. At the end of the 10-year period, it becomes a principal and interest repayment-only loan. And the majority of these lines of credit are adjustable rate tied to the prime lending rate plus a specific margin in a specific market always. Now, the difference between a home equity line of credit and a fixed second loan would be that the interest rate on the fixed second loan is fixed for the life of the loan. And you don't have the ability to spend as much on it as you'd like and pay it down and spend as much like you do in a credit card. You are issued all of the funds in cash at closing. And you begin making those payments, the same payment every single month until the loan is paid off or you adjust your financing otherwise. This is a fantastic opportunity for those buyers in the market who maybe purchased a property that either is too much house for them or not enough. People who need to make improvements to the property but don't want to disrupt that current first mortgage rate. All of these situations where you need or have the ability to tap into that equity It's a great opportunity now, while values are still high, to be able to access the equity there. Now, I advise most of my clients to really pay attention to the markets because in previous times, and what I base a lot of my advice and information on is what we've experienced in the past. And having been in this industry for so long, I've seen a lot of different things come into play. In the 08-09 market implosion, uh, we saw a lot of people who had equity lines of credit tied to their properties. And they thought that they would just be able to utilize them forever. They did not understand that the lender who holds that home equity line of credit has the ability to cap the line as they see fit. So as market values started to decline rapidly, a lot of people who didn't follow the trend came to discover that they had no ability to take any more funds on that line of credit, even though They still had plenty of years left in the traditional period because of the declining values in the market. They were capped at what they owed. For some people, that was zero, and they didn't have the opportunity to access any of the money. I encourage most of my clients 
who demonstrate good money management skills and who um, you know, have relayed that they would like to have access to that equity to obtain a home equity line of credit because it gives you the opportunity to have access to that cash without having to make a payment if you don't have a draw on it. If you haven't drawn any money at the closing, you owe no money. It's just a line of credit accessible to you whenever you see fit. It's a fantastic opportunity for you in this type of an environment as values are coming down. And for those who want or need to make a shift with their current environment, they can utilize the home equity line of credit or even a fixed home equity loan as down payment funds on another purchase. So whether that purchase is a smaller single family home, whether that purchase is an investment property, however that fits your specific goals and criteria, access to that cash and tapping into that equity is a fantastic idea. I do advise that everyone keep an eye to the markets and take note if you start to hear of values dipping dramatically, even in a short period of time, even if it's short dip, we do need to be cognizant of the fact that investors have the opportunity to cap your line of credit. And effectively, for those of you who don't have any balance on it, that means the line is closed. There's no balance and you can't draw any other money. So please, if you have questions about how to access your equity and you need a strategy, give me a call. 831-435-0385 is my cell phone. M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com is my email. And you can always find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. We have a great show for you. We're going to talk about some really pertinent topics here in the market and we're going to visit last week's challenge results, which are always interesting. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with Nisha, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area. Last week's challenge saw us having a conversation with self-employed borrowers. Those are the people who file their own income on schedules on their tax returns, who are commissioned only employees of another company, and uh, likewise partners in companies that have fractional ownership. These people have the benefit of not having to utilize that filed tax return income until after taxes are due in the following year. Whereas anyone who is a W-2 employee, your end of year income and current earnings are all part of your qualification based on your W-2 earnings and your steady paycheck that you receive. When we talked about the opportunity for self-employed borrowers who may or may not be experiencing income shift based on what 2022 presented, they have the ability to qualify based on 2021 and 2020 earnings. Now, for some people, they had tremendous earnings in 2020 and tremendous earnings on top of that in 2021. And the only difference between 2022 was a higher instance of cost, which is obviously going to lessen their overall profits. If that was the case for you, please know that we're still going to be looking at that 24-month average of filed tax return income. They will ask for a profit and loss, but that is not where your income is derived from in a full documentation loan. It's just to understand the trend of what your business is up to. Um, so I had a fantastic conversation with a couple of self-employed uh, people about what it is that they are looking to achieve. Roy had talked about making a, another purchase. He needed to buy up. His family is growing. And he said, gosh, you know, I'm 
my 2022 earnings are going to be somewhat in line with 2020, but I have higher expenses. And so I'm concerned that's going to lessen my buying power. And I presented to him the logic that looking at making a purchase now in the first quarter is going to allow him to avoid having to take that higher cost and lower overall qualifying income into consideration. Additionally, talking about having reserves, because Roy was looking at a jumbo loan purchase, having reserves in his account, the money that he had earmarked for paying the tax bill that he knows is coming can be utilized as reserves in the qualifying of the purchase because he will have closed before the tax bill is due. He can send off that payment in full after the fact and not jeopardize his purchase power. So Roy was really excited to take the opportunity to get his formal pre-approval lined up and really get heavily out there into the market. Of course, much to the chagrin of his wife, who's due in just a few weeks, thinking about the concept of either moving, um, you know, while still very, very pregnant or with a very small child. So uh, in addition to their other children. So obviously they have their hands full right now, but the opportunity for them to save money and make a smart financial and strategic move is what they needed to do. And now what they understand the opportunity of. Uh, Likewise, I spoke with Mark, who needs to make a purchase of a family property. And Mark being self-employed and having income reduction last year, in addition to income uh, costs of expenses going up. So he's very concerned with that concept of what his income will look like and his qualifying documentation. Now, we talked about a a large range of products available to the self-employed, including bank statement loans that take deposits into your bank account into consideration to create a stream of income. We talked about profit and loss only loans where your tax preparer provides an unaudited profit and loss, and that is the foundation for the qualifying income. And we talked about stated income loans that allow you to not state any income or uh, excuse me, to state a specific income that we don't have to quantify, and then no documentation income loans where there's no documentation provided for income and no figure provided for the income that they qualify. They just take that piece of it out of the equation. When it came to Mark's scenario, we had to look at the opportunity of him purchasing a non-arm's length property, meaning it's a family relative. Um, it, it also had to be somebody who was providing him with a gift of equity, meaning they are giving up part of the equity to allow him that down payment. And additionally, a gift of reserves, which means he doesn't have to have the required funds in his bank account as an investor to buy this property and show that he has the stability. It's built into the equity. And that is still allowed. We still found a loan for him and are able to use his 2020-2021 tax returns to afford him the opportunity of qualifying without taking all of the 2022 years situation into consideration. That's going to afford him a purchase power that he needs to achieve, but also the opportunity to um, be more intent on his itemization and to deduct in order to realign with his income versus expense. Overall, it was exactly the transaction that Mark needed. And he, he prefaced the call saying, I've spoken to everybody I know about this. And they um, several people appointed him to speak to me. And he finished the call saying, no one talked to me the way that you did. No one presented the concepts that you did. And I'm really glad 
to have spoken with you um, after everyone else because I would not have believed it was that simple. So thank you, Mark, for the phone call. Uh, Likewise, I had a great conversation with Ashley, and Ashley had a fantastic year in 2022. 2022 was far and above what 2021 was, and uh, definitely double what she had done in 2020. And she was really looking to make sure that she was able to capitalize on those earnings. Now, in Ashley's set of circumstances, she had paid the quarterlies and saved additional taxes, so she's not concerned about needing those reserves um, you know, left in the bank and the ability to file tax returns and make her closing happen for her as soon as possible is available. If you have questions, give me a call 831-435-0385. We're going to take a break and be back in a moment. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area, we are back. As always, my phone is available to you, 831-435-0385. Email M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com. I wanted to talk about what the predictions are in the market, because for those of you who are renting right now, I think this little piece of information is going to be very pointed. Now, there are predictions across the market that vary, but the general philosophy is that the housing market the value will come down some single digit lowering for in most cases is what we're being told by lots of the experts that weigh in out there. Um, some say 4%, some say 6%, some say 8%. Um, that the highest that I've seen at this point is 9%. Um, they don't expect it to be long-term drawn out, deep lessening of value. On the flip side of that though, rents are expected to rise again. Most of the experts have indicated they anticipate rents rising between five and 7%, where last year we saw a 7% rental increase. So for those people in the market who are renting and who are saying, I'm just sort of biding my time, now's not the time, rates are higher, Um, you know, maybe I'm not prepared or I hadn't thought about it or I felt like I had missed out. These are generally the conversations that I have with potential buyers. And I'm I'm here to tell you that if you're really paying attention to where your best investment strategy is, understanding that while values of homes are coming down when you're buying, but values of renting and remaining in the renting pool is going to increase, you're going to be paying more to not own your own home. You're going to have less control and you're going to have less enjoyment because you will be subject to, subject to your landlord, subject to a property manager, subject to someone saying, I'm coming on site, here's your 24 hour notice, and always looming in the background, the opportunity that your landlord or property manager at any point can tell you that property is being listed for sale and you now have to find somewhere else to live. That is what strikes fear into the heart of every person in the rental market is in the Bay Area, housing is at a premium and the opportunity to find something that works for you is such a challenge. It is, as most people tell me, it's like having another full-time job, only it's more dire because your entire family is is banking on it or your, your future and your opportunity, your commutability to work the lifestyle that you've created for yourself. So I really encourage everyone 
who's in the rental market right now to take a look at understanding their purchase power. This is something that is so intimidating for so, so many people because it feels like judgment when I encourage them to use the word assessment. We're going to assess what your opportunities are. We're going to assess what could be done to improve your circumstances. We're going to assess what needs to or what could be done to improve your credit situation so that your borrowing power is better, meaning the money that you borrow is either most affordable, expanded opportunities available to you because you have such great credit, or you have taken the time to understand your debt position and how your debt is impacting your opportunity to buy. I had a conversation with a woman last night who, thank you, Francis, uh, was really excited about the opportunity of buying, knew that she didn't have to move one way or the other because she had had this rental for a number of years. But the issue was really, she liked to shop. And some of her credit cards had very high interest rates. She had taken a high interest consolidation loan and had just done a set it and forget it. She hadn't looked at renegotiating that loan and continuously for the best possible position. And that was something that was really distracting to her ability to qualify. She needed to come up with a plan. And so we discussed how working with credit management, paying down effectively, and even some, some tips and tricks on how to avoid shopping coming up with other things to do in her life because she found that during pandemic and where she couldn't go out and she couldn't go and enjoy the things that she normally did, she tried to take solace in something that that brought her joy and she found that to be online shopping. And so uh, it was a fantastic conversation and a great opportunity for her to really relay out what she knew the issues were and for me to inform her of professional opportunities that allowed her the flexibility to bring back into line what it is that her goals are for her. And her goal was to get out from underneath the debt and make a home purchase, but in a way that afforded her a payment that was comfortable and something that was sustainable. And so having that conversation was key to her getting on a path towards that success. Now she's probably six, eight months out from being able to be in the position to make a purchase. But in this moment, she now has a plan and feels much more excited about it. If you're looking forward to a plan, please let me know how I can support you. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area. As any of you who listen to this show know, I love to provide you, our listeners, with some strategy. So today's strategy comes down to and speaking to the investors out there in the market. Now, whether you're a first-time investor or whether you are a seasoned investor, the opportunity to purchase properties at lower price points is always going to be better. The buy-in being lower, the property tax basis being lower, it's going to afford you more flexibility. Now, in the investment market opportunities available, most investors anticipate having to have a larger down payment than a primary residence buyer. They anticipate having to show reserves held in an account that they have access to, to show that you know, in challenging times that they aren't immediately going to pony up and not pay their investment property. And they are expected to show that they have understood 
the concept borrow repay by reflecting that in a higher credit score. There are still a tremendous amount of flexible options out there for investors, whether it's a first-time investor, again, or a seasoned investing expert. The opportunity to leverage that property is still a vast array of lending programs for you. Now, most programs will find you the better rate environment, putting 25 plus percent of the purchase price down. But there are opportunities for as little as 15% down on an investment property. Now, obviously, the benefit there would be you get to capture the property now. You get to begin making profit on the property now, but you will take a higher interest rate for not having that higher down payment. The reserve requirements really depend on a couple of different pieces, and it's the down payment, it's the credit score, and it's the experience. A seasoned investor that has properties that they show uh, they've made good on the payment on for a a period of time, typically 12 months or more, um, more than one property for more than 24 months puts you into the better category. And oftentimes we can find a lesser restriction. Now, for those of you who may have a bigger down payment opportunity, but it cuts into your reserve requirements, there are investors who allow for larger down payments, 35, 40% down and have no reserve requirements if you're putting such a large amount of money down. So there's a lot of flexibility. And additionally, there's a lot of flexibility in the type of loans available to qualify. There are bank statement loans, again, that allow you to qualify using deposits into your bank account as a stream of income. And specifically when it comes to investment properties, there's something called the debt service loan or the no debt service loan. The debt service loan requires the property appraised for the purchase price and the appraiser will determine what the market rent would be for that property based on long-term rental. And uh, as long as that anticipated monthly rental income covers the cost. And there are factors, varying factors, some of them down to three quarters of the actual cost being covered by the intended rent, all the way up to 125% um, offering better rate. This will allow you to qualify without any specific income documentation and narrowing the documentation you have to provide about anything else in your portfolio because it's pinpointing the transaction on the table. They want to know about the specifics of the property being purchased and that you have a property, what your primary residence, the story there, whether you own it or even if you rent, that's the only detail that's needed. So if you have an extensive portfolio of properties owned, that information does not come into play. In traditional or full documentation financing of an investment property, every single property needs to be documented. If there's a loan on it, What's the taxes and insurance? If there's no loan on it, we have to prove that it's owned free and clear. We have to have reserve requirements for the payment on that specific property. And we have to look at the income generated per the tax returns. Now, for the savvy investor, when they file their tax returns, properties are not necessarily cash flowing in the tax documents. The win in investment property is generally that your property is a loss on paper because you get to depreciate the property. You get to claim all of the expenses against the property. So while you may be bringing in some money on a cash basis, your win is in generally reducing your overall liability on other streams of income within your entire portfolio. It is what your tax preparer is paid to do. And for a lot of people, 
the concept of how to win with an investment property is in their first foyer is counterintuitive. They think they need to make a lot of money on a monthly basis. And then they come to find out that that just created an untaxed income stream. I have a client who was adamant that they took no loan when they purchased the property and did not realize that that meant they had a $40,000 a year untaxed income stream. They have almost no expenses against the property and they ended up owing tax money based on not leveraging that property. And now they have a property that has no lien against it when they could have had very low rate financing and their money could have been making money. So in this downturning of the market, we are seeing a great opportunity for investors to come out and capture properties. And because of the anticipation of rental increase, they're going to be getting more money for the house they're paying less for this year. So for those investors out there who want to understand how to capitalize on the current market conditions, who need some strategy about how to employ what's available in the market and how to best utilize these market trends and the loan options available, please reach out to me today and let's set you up with a plan for your success on your 2023 goals. We're going to take another break and we're going to come back with this week's challenge. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with Misha. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area. For those of you who listen to the show, you know this is my favorite part. It's the weekly challenge. Now, the weekly challenge is really for you, our listeners, to call me, text me, email me, and let's talk about the subject that I present. The show is to help you and to be an active participant in helping educate the community as a whole on a wide variety of financial opportunities that all have to do with home lending. Um, but there's a lot that goes into this. And so my ability to understand what's a pressing topic for you is really based on conversation I have with clients, uh, having conversation with people out in the world. Uh, if you've ever been out with me, you know I talk to everybody. And so these weekly challenges are really a fantastic opportunity for me to learn what's impacting you most how the information that I present to you is received and, and how that sets with you. And, and you know, does that motivate you? Does it challenge you in ways that are going to allow you to expand? Does it bring you new avenues of thinking? And does it help you achieve your goals? So this week's challenge is going to be about credit. Now, for a good many people, the credit card bills are just about to arrive from your holiday spending. And it's going to be eye-opening for some of you. A good many people have relayed to me, they don't even look at their statements anymore. They just look at what's the minimum payment, and then they see if they can pay anything above and over that. And that is going to set a lot of people up for being trapped by debt. Additionally, it's not the best utilization of your debt management skills, and it can leave you in the position where you're paying an unnecessarily high amount on debt that you know you have or and that you're not able to reduce the balance on because of the interest rate. And looking at it is going to help you begin to deal with it. So you have the opportunity to review your credit profile online for free at annualcreditreport.com. This is not a paid service. This is not a subscription. This is directly through the major bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. 
they do still have uh, pandemic access in place, which means that those three bureaus, those are the only three bureaus, um, are allowing you free weekly access to your online credit reports. Now, it's imperative that you look at your credit at least once a year. You need to understand what's showing up in your credit profile. And now, while these reports do not provide you with score information, they will tell you about the trends with your credit. And from there, we take a look at the actual statement. For many people, they're shocked when they take a look at, on a credit card, what's the interest rate that they're paying on? They had sort of forgotten. You know, people are talking about how interest rates in the sixes for a mortgage are astronomical and they can't imagine paying it, but they don't realize they're paying 27, 29% on a credit card that they haven't really thought about being aggressive on those payments for. So I really want people to take a look at their credit. Take a look at what they can do to improve their, their current credit situation and have a solid understanding of what the ability is to flex their credit muscle. And definitely take into consideration credit is a muscle. If you do not use it, you will lose it. The new credit guidelines state that if you don't have activity in the last six months, you can result in a zero score. I had this happen to a client last year. He had closed the one credit card that he was using for travel because he wasn't traveling during pandemic and his accounts were all stagnant for six months. He had a 777 credit score. And when we pulled his credit again in the summertime while he went to look for a property, he had a no score and he could not believe it. Now, opening new accounts is initially going to drop your score. So he had to go back out. The best score is achieved when you have three open and active trade lines. So he had to go back out and open new accounts. His score initially came down. And with a, a few months of on-time payments, he began to see that credit score rebound. He's now in the sixth month after opening the accounts. And we anticipate that next month, he will be back at that same level where he was before. But it was petrifying to him because he thought, that just the prior history was going to be enough, and it's not. So we want to make sure that people are comfortable with debt and debt management. Truthfully, taking on debt has changed so much generationally. Debt is more accessible and more acceptable now than it ever has been before. In talking with grandparents and great-grandparents, debt was considered such a blight on your personal finance and going into debt was considered taboo. Now debt is understood, it's required even. You not having a credit score can be detrimental to any number of things, including your ability to get a job. So it's understood now in modern times, but maybe not in modern conversations around the family dining room table or you know, even within family group chats. What credit means, how to achieve good credit, and how to effectively manage that debt for the best possible outcome. As you continue to utilize debt, you always want to make sure that you're looking at what are the interest rates I'm paying on and am I making progress in paying down these balances or do I need to look at an alternative? There are a great many opportunities to consolidate debt into fixed rate, low rate financeable figures that's going to help you steadily chip away at those balances. And I encourage people to take a look at all of those. Take a look at your credit what it's reported on annual credit report. Take a look at what your scores are reporting. Understand that balance that's available to you. If you run all the way up to the edge of it, 
is going to cause your credit score to plummet. Once you reach the 50% leverage mark, you're going to see your credit score fall off a little cliff. The best utilization is 30% and under and maintaining activity on cards at least every month. Now that could be something you pay in cash. Maybe you always pay cash at the gas station. Run your credit card through the machine, go inside so you don't get skimmed at the pump and pay that off before you drive away and buckle your seatbelt. Log into your online banking, send the payment. The same thing with groceries. If you're finding you're underutilizing debt, this is the best way to get yourself going. If you find you only have a couple of accounts and you max them out, you're going to be stuck in a cycle where you're not going to be able to get to that higher credit score because you're always using all of what's available to you. So we also need to look at, do you need to expand on your credit opportunities in order to achieve better? I'm here for you and look forward to the opportunity to serve you in 2023. 831-435-0385, M-E-S-H-A at Essex Mortgage. This show does rebroadcast tomorrow at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 3. As always, Bay Area, stay safe and be well. You've been listening to Mortgage Matters with Misha. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.